Our sermon message today is based on the words from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. We read, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of our Lord. You've probably at least heard of the billionaire media mogul, Ted Turner. If, if you haven't, well, you, you've probably seen one of his TV stations that he owns, if nothing else. Ted Turner is famous for a, a lot of different things. But he's also famous for being pretty open, openly against Christianity. And back in 1990, during an interview... Ted Turner said something that, that got Christians up in arms. He said, Christianity is a religion for losers. Of course, this upset Christians all around the country. But here's the thing. Ted Turner was right. He meant to insult Christians with this, but he hit the nail right on the head when he said Christianity is a religion for losers. Think about it. Christianity is a religion based on a God who, who comes to earth, it gets rejected by the world, and then dies. Christianity is a religion made up of people who realize that they're failures, that they can't measure up to God's standards, people who realize they lose the fight with sin on a daily basis. And, and Jesus, he didn't come for the winners. Jesus, he, he did most of his ministry surrounded by losers. The poor, the, the hated and corrupt tax collectors, the prostitutes, the lame, the lepers, the blind, the widows. Ted Turner was right. Christianity is a religion for losers. 2,000 years before Ted Turner, the Apostle Paul was facing a similar charge against Christianity. People were saying, Christianity is a religion for the foolish. And both Jews and non-Jews, the Gentiles, they felt that Paul's message to them it, it was a little foolish. 
they, they couldn't see any wisdom in, in what Paul was preaching to them. And what was at the, the heart of this foolishness of God? It's what Paul said in verse 23. We preach Christ crucified. The message of the cross looks like foolishness. The message of the cross, it looks like a religion for losers built around a loser named Jesus who lost a fight with the Roman government and then lost his life. It looks like the message of Christ crucified. That's not what human wisdom wants to hear. Both the Jews and the Greeks had plenty of, of reason to, to see the message of the cross as foolishness. Or, or at least they had plenty of human reason to see it as foolish. Paul says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. Paul, Paul just says it, right? First of all, Christ crucified, this is a stumbling block to Jews. In other words, the Jews, they, they couldn't wrap their minds around the idea that their long-awaited, prophesied Messiah would come and then die a criminal's death on a cross. This, this wasn't just foolish to them. This, this, was, this offended them. They found that the very suggestion that their long-awaited Messiah would die on a cross, that was repulsive. The Messiah... He was supposed to represent the glory of God, to enjoy the favor of God. But they also knew this, that anyone who is hung on a pole is under God's curse. The Messiah was to reign forever, not die. The pieces weren't adding up for the, the Jews. And so they, they demanded signs. They were used to seeing God's displays of power in the past. Like with Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, bread raining down from heaven in the desert, victory over enemy nations when the odds were stacked against Israel. They, they wanted more of that. Not some normal-looking carpenter's son from Galilee who dies a criminal's death on a cross. That was a stumbling block. That's not what the Jews were looking for. The Messiah was supposed to be glorious and powerful, not weak and disgraced. The Messiah was not supposed to look like a loser. They wanted a triumphant political Messiah, not a crucified one. And the Greeks and all Gentiles by extension, they also looked at the message of the cross as foolish, even offensive. Everyone knew that the Roman Empire reserved crucifixion only for the worst kinds of rebels and lawbreakers. Seeing someone dying on a cross as a savior, that's the complete opposite of what anyone would think. One of Rome's greatest orators and philosophers, Cicero, he once said, the very word cross should be far removed, not only from the person of a Roman citizen, but from his thoughts, his eyes, and his ears. You combine that, that shamefulness of the cross with this. 
the fact that maybe no other nation in history has been more synonymous with wise, famous philosophers than ancient Greece. You got Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, just, just to name a few. In ancient Greece, just for fun, just as a hobby, people would gather in public places and have debates about philosophy and kind of test to see who's got the highest level of intellect. Just, just for fun. What else are you going to do on a Saturday? Let's go debate philosophy. And so for these, these wisdom-seeking Greeks, there was nothing that could have looked more foolish than putting all your eggs in the Jesus basket. A Jewish guy who died on a cross in Jerusalem? What did that have to do with them? Or their eternal salvation? While Paul was preaching this message of the cross in Corinth, he must have gotten a lot of questions from these, these Greeks. People wondering, hey, uh, Paul, let me get this straight. You're saying that Jesus, this guy who died a criminal's death, is the savior of the world? And, and I, a Gentile, I've got to go to a Jew for salvation? And, and Paul, let me, let me get this straight. You're saying a divine being died. That God puts his own son to death on a cross. He was innocent. Instead of pun- punishing those who were actually guilty. Really, what kind of God does that? And you're saying this, this Jesus, his life and death, they're credited to others? And it actually counts? You can almost hear the wise philosophers of Corinth laughing at Paul. It's foolishness to them. The message of Christ crucified is not what human wisdom wants to hear. And if we're being honest, even as Christians, Christ crucified, it's not always what our human wisdom wants to hear. We we believe in, in the message of the cross, that this is our way to salvation, But still, human wisdom and human reason are always trying to get in the way of that. And so, maybe like the Jews, Paul addresses here, we would rather have God give us some backup, give us some some displays of power, some signs to back up the message of the cross. We, We reason to ourselves, wouldn't it be better, God, if you just did some more miracles like you used to, you know, with Moses. Can you just part another sea? Could you rain down some bread from heaven? I think there'd be a lot more believers then if you started doing that. Or maybe we start to think, why doesn't he just display his power to show something great and glorious rather than disgraced and shameful like, like a cross? And like the Greeks that Paul addresses here. Maybe we wish we could rely a little more on our own human wisdom rather than have to take things on faith so much of the time. Because really that's, that's human wisdom's goal, to cozy up right alongside faith, to snuggle up right next to it until it can slowly push it out of the picture completely. Our human wisdom, it tells us, rely on your own intuition, your own knowledge. And so we rationalize. You know, I, I, can, I can twist the words of Scripture to say what makes sense to me, to fit my worldview. I mean, God wouldn't want me to go against my own logic, would he? That would be foolish. And we get so wrapped up in seeking wisdom and prizing human logic, we might start 
falling in love with wisdom. And did you know that's, that's really what the word philosopher means? A lover of wisdom. And maybe the, I think the danger being a lover of wisdom is that the wiser we think we are, the less we might think we need God. And our human wisdom, it starts whispering to us. Is that message of the cross really where you want to put all your eggs in that basket? You start thinking, are, are my own sins really so serious that I, I need such a radical solution for my problems with God? I'm not such a bad person. It doesn't take much for that message of the cross to start looking foolish. Christ crucified is not what human wisdom wants to hear. But Christ crucified is exactly what sinners need to hear. So God, through his messenger Paul, he comes right out and says it here. That my plan of salvation it is, is not going to sound wise or reasonable. He says this message of the cross. He's very upfront about this. It's going to look like foolishness to the world. To be a cause of stumbling for many. But as Paul says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. The use of reason and wisdom, no matter how smart the person is, can't do anything to bring them to God. But in God's foolishness, Christ crucified, God makes his love known to us. He brings himself and his salvation to us. And God's God's foolishness is infinitely better than the best plan of salvation we could have come up with. Any kind of plan we would have come up with, it would have relied way too much on ourselves. It would have looked mostly to our own work. And therefore, any kind of plan we came up with would have been doomed to fail. But in God's wisdom, he uses something that looks foolish. He uses a cross. He accomplishes our salvation in such an absurd-looking way that you start to think, this has got to be God's plan. can't be a, a plan that mankind came up with because the message of the cross, that's not something we would have drawn up in our wildest dreams. This is not the natural way we would have looked to try and get to heaven, to, to find assurance that we're loved by God. A cross? God dying on it? But Christ crucified is exactly what sinners need to hear. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. The Jews look for signs and power, but unlike, unlike the Jews, that Paul addresses here, our eyes have been opened 
to see the truth of the scriptures, the promises, the prophecies of the Savior there, to see Jesus, he's the one who fulfills them. And yes, that Deuteronomy passage, anyone hung on a pole is under God's curse. Well, that's why Jesus had to hang on the tree of the cross in our place to suffer the curse of God in our place. That's hanging over our heads. And yes, the Messiah reigns forever, but not in an earthly or political way. Jesus reigns in the hearts of his people by faith. He's already taken up his reign in heaven at the right hand of God as that resurrected lamb of God. And yes, the Messiah is supposed to enjoy the favor of God and represent God's glory. But he also had to be the one to face the wrath of God. Like Isaiah says, he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. You see, the signs were all there, just not the ones the Jews wanted to see. And the Greeks, they look for wisdom. But unlike the Greeks that Paul addresses here, you and I, it seems foolish, but we elevate our faith above our human wisdom and reason. Instead of being offended at how our Savior dies a a shameful death on a cross, we're ashamed that he had to do it for us. Instead of trying to figure out how God could possibly have become a man and die, we try to figure out how God could have loved us enough to actually go through with it, to take on our flesh at Christmas, to die for us on Good Friday, to rise for us on Easter. Instead of seeking wisdom, we seek God's word. In the word of God, we see God's hand pointing to the horizon. We hear his word speak to us. Here are all the answers your heart has been seeking. In the word of God, we we follow God's hand to see where it's pointing. To a torture device up on a hill. To a bleeding, dying man who is actually the almighty Lord. There on the hill of Calvary, God destroys the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent. Because there on the cross, God did what no one in all their wisdom could have come up with. The salvation of our souls through the sacrifice of his son. You know what the best part about all this is? Since salvation is not based at all on human wisdom, human reason, human intelligence, it means the door of salvation is open for all. God was pleased to save by grace, through faith. And if salvation depended at all on how high of an IQ we had or how great our wisdom was, how much we could figure things out, or how noble our mind was, no one could or would be saved. Salvation would be exclusive only for those wise enough and smart enough. You see how much better it is to have the foolishness 
of the cross. The cross excludes no one. The cross, it, it rules out all human merit and human wisdom. Since the gospel demands everything from Jesus and nothing from us, the door is open. The cross has completely turned my definition of power and wisdom upside down. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The, the, the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Call me a loser all you want. I'd rather cling to the foolishness of God than have all the wisdom of mankind put together. We preach Christ crucified. Amen.